All right. Today we have Lucia Beria. Lucia, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Joe. Pleasure being here. So typical first question, uh, refresh my memory. What did you do before INSEAD? And then what have you been up to for the last 20 years? So before INSEAD, I was uh, like many of us, I was a consultant, strategic consultancy. Uh, I was based in London. Uh, I was with uh, Anderson Consulting and I picked consultancy. Uh, Freud probably would say because my father had opened a consultancy boutique, but in reality, I had moved to London and I wanted, I I had to survive uh, with my own money. Consultancy paid very well. Anderson Consulting paid the best. (laughs) And so the (laughs) choice was very easy. That was the only criteria. Who pays me the most? (laughs) Exactly. No, but I wanted to go consultancy because I really didn't know what what I wanted to do. And the only thing I knew about work was that consultancy made, allow you to see a lot of stuff. So that was my choice, you know, postponing the choice basically. And uh, I loved it. Uh, It's very funny because I listened to your, to to the podcast, podcast you have already done. And I was like Pedro, I was in Anderson Consulting, but then I had the time of my life. Uh, I think I'm, I don't know, probably one of the few consultants in London, but I really had a very good time. I spent about four, four or five years there. Um, it was the strategy part, but it was very operational because, you know, you were doing your strategy, your very theoretical uh, strategic consultancy. But after a couple of months, people were coming in who were, you know, the Anderson consulting part that was implementing. And they were like a reality check because they were telling you, look, you know, you said this. It doesn't work. There is a wall. So we can't do what you said the guy in Sainsbury was supposed to be doing. Uh, and so I like very much this reality check of how the strategy was then uh, being implemented. So why did I stop and took a year off um, uh, and join INSEAD? The reason, I think I'm the only person who would answer you this, uh, I did for academic reason because I had studied political science so I had no knowledge of any number, no maths, no finance, nothing. You know, probably not even the multiplication tables. I was not very good at that <laughs> either. Um, and I have been lucky enough uh, uh, during the consultancy period to be exposed to meeting with the CEO, for example, of Pepsi-Cola. Or, or I mean, in, in very amazing, uh, I say now, but very weird and scary situation back then where I was asked question on PNL and my finance view on whatever. I don't even remember because I couldn't understand the word of what they were saying. So I felt I was missing the knowledge of, uh, okay, what are they talking about? So I stopped, I took a sabbatical in order to learn maths. So I came purely with the idea of then going back uh, with full knowledge of finance and corporate finance. Uh, which probably didn't work out. Uh, I learned a little, a little bit, but um, then what happened? Uh, while I was at INSEAD, uh, let's say that I was saved <laughs> by the bell. I was saved by something which I had never come across. I had no idea what it was, nothing which was called marketing because my grades managed to, let's say, overcome <laughs> the finance grades. Uh, so I was very good at marketing, whatever that meant um, back then. And during INSEAD, at the end of the INSEAD, I, I was given the opportunity to join Unilever. So I changed the seat from co-driver as a consultancy. I decided to get into corporation. And for the 20, just to summarize, 
what happened afterwards. So this 20 years after INSEAD, I think my life professionally can be divided into two big chunks. Uh, the first 15 years, working in different corporations, different industries, different geographical scope, uh, but all around uh, marketing, communication, business development, strategy, uh, advertising. And then the last uh, five, six years, probably, uh, I moved to a creative agency. Uh, now, if we want to, okay, the first, so the first chunk, 15 years divided into three <laughs> chunk. I know I, I did, a, I learned a little bit of mathematics. You see, I can count up to three. We should get a whiteboard out. This is great. <laughs> so I first joined Unilever. So the gym of marketing, as they say, and it really, at least for me, it was. I had probably, with the knowledge of the, of the after, the best experience ever because I was in an environment uh, where um, I, I, I did different jobs, but the main job, the job I remember most and the job that gave me, let's say, most of what I then used afterwards, I was responsible for, I was responsible for a category of product, a European level that had been started by local initiative of different countries. So it was the same category of product. It was in food. They were desserts. What, what kind of, yeah, yeah. What, what category? Um, desserts. Okay. So desserts that you eat out of home. So not um, grocery, not a retailer. But when you go to any restaurants, any type of things. And um, there was a factory in France that was available to produce for anyone who would ask the factory to produce. So the different countries had taken up the opportunity and created their own brand, their own route to market, their own product portfolio, you name it. Everything that Kotler has in his book, they had created Spain for Spain, Portugal for Portugal, Italy for Italy, and blah, 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 blah. And the, this category was going okay. It uh, was very not, uh, I mean, it was not rationalized because everybody did whatever they wanted, but a very good margin. So I was called but, in. But and I all was, manufactured out of France at this place you're talking about? Yes, and then, the and manufacturing then, was okay. all the, it was always okay. the same, but okay. everybody could ask whatever they wanted. So even the, <clears> you know, there were 15 type of tiramisu recipe, and, you know, everybody did whatever they wanted. Uh, it was back before, you know, everything got, got consolidated. It was the beginning of the, of the you know, of, of the new millennium. But Europe or, or you know, the big brother Unilever, all of a sudden realized there was this huge mess. So I was called in uh, and I was given the responsibility of uh, create a European category in a way, check what was good, what was bad, harmonize brand. There were 14 brands and ideally there should have been one. So starting to create the Unilever way of, of, uh, of working. For Unilever was a very small business they had not even noticed it before, uh, before, before. So I was given total freedom of action, which was fantastic. So it was, you know, amazing, very entrepreneurial. But very it, it must have been, but but it must have been quite challenging being a, you know, pardon the language, a young lady sitting in Italy telling the French people and the Spanish people what to do. No, I was traveling. All, I, I was two days in France. I was two days mm -hmm. in 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 uh, in Germany. Sorry, I was two days in Spain. Spain. And, yeah, yeah. 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 And my team was made up of people from all over the countries. So I was, I was the only one traveling. Italy was the champion of the desserts. That's why um, 
I was based also in Italy, but I was, you know, European. So they, it was not a big problem. It was more a problem when not a Unilever, because they were already quite politically correct. But uh, yes, of course, when I went to factories, like I remember once in Spain that I arrived and I was 30 years younger than anyone else, and the only <laughs> woman, and I was closing their factory. But I learned my lesson. And the reason why it was so easy, it was because... I was my own. I could do whatever I really wanted. I had chefs in my team that were creating the recipe. I mean, it was a dream job, but whenever I needed an help or a hand, I could call the big brother Unilever. So, for example, you know, I needed to change a packaging. I could call the guy that was buying uh, the packaging for the uh, home and personal care at global level who had been through every single factory all over the world. And he would explain me. So I had... People would support me in any question I had. And so I sometimes I brought all the people with me in order to help me. Cool. So that was really amazing. Uh, it went very well. or It went well. Uh, perhaps if someone else would have been instead of me, it would have gone even better. But it went very well. And the... Um, I was thinking before, before talking to you, you know, if, the, if I couldn't put a between everything I did, uh, in reality, coincidence and chaos is probably the reason why I moved from one place <laughs> to the other. It's the only union that I have, which is very clear in my, in my life, both personal and, uh, and uh, um, professional. What happened? Was successful, so I was asked to redo, redo the same things, reapply the same exercise, and I could choose between either North America or Asia. Uh, and the the game had been so much fun, uh, in a way, very very uh, heavy, uh, physically wise and mentally wise. But I, 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 on one hand, I was, when I was offered, I was very engaged. But also, I felt that I was going to break the the toy because it had been done so well. I don't know. I I felt a bit weird. And the same day when they asked me, then I took one of the plane. I was traveling like hell on those years. Completely, I was, and I took the plane, and I fell asleep on my, on, on, while I was flying. And I woke up in the middle of the flight, and I couldn't remember where I had been departing from, and I had no idea where I was going to landing. <laughs> That was for me a epiphany, a reality check. I was like, okay, I can't do this. I mean, there's something wrong with me. I landed, and the day after, I was called by an adunter. And I, you know, I, 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 I literally took the three dots together, and I went to this interview. And the interview was for Pirelli, which is the second experience I had in this multinational. So I moved from selling desserts and pan of chocolate, fondant de chocolate, ah, tire. <laughs> completely different world, <laughs> completely different. But with the very, you know, I was very sure of myself. I knew marketing, I'd done communication, I'd done business development, I harmonized country. I, um, did, did, I, did, they, did they bring you in for a similar kind of project, like a harmonization across different geographies? No. <clears throat> what they wanted was, um, I mean, they play the, they play the thing of... Um, they play the game of, okay, it's an Italian brand. What they called me in for was um, because uh, they wanted to introduce within Pirelli the concept of consumer. 
which did not exist. There was not a single job title yet given to anyone in Pirelli, in the history of Pirelli, that had consumer in the job title. So I, was, I, I became a marketing director for the consumer part, and it was a big challenge because, um, and, and to me it was a big... Uh, hold on, hold I, on, what, what, what is it? D- dumb question, what does that mean? Because I mean, tires are probably sold through you know, dealers. retailers. So you're saying you're gonna start selling tires directly to, to end consumers? Instead of convincing that, no, you were, the, the route to market was not going to change. But in reality, for the consumer, the tire is really a commodity. I mean, no one knows, you can't feel whether you are, you have a top, a premium tire, or if you have a very, you know, private label tire, a Chinese tire, no one can really feel it while they're driving unless you are. But these tires have all, these, again, sorry, sorry for interrupting you, yeah. but these tires have always been marketing, right? It's not like you weren't the first person to, to market Pirelli brand, were you? Yeah, but you were, you know, as you, I'm sure you know, you know, people were uh, marketing with very top of the line uh, communication. So it was either advertising or sponsoring Uh like a Formula One uh, through sponsorship or through other activity. Like, for example, Pirelli did the calendar in order to be the cool tire, um, tire provider. But in reality, they never spoke to consumer, very little, only through advertising, through pure advertising. What they wanted to achieve was an internal change. So make the people internal to the company start thinking about the consumer in order that there was not only push from the dealer, but a pull from the consumer. And in order to gain this mentality, you needed to have, you know, the sales force, the marketeers and everything start to thinking about sellout promotion. I mean, I don't want to get into the technical, but you need to get a marketing plan that is talking not only to the dealers, but only also to the consumers. And gotcha. there was okay. not Thank this you. mentality. That not, there was not this mentality. And to me, it was really... So you were, uh, almost, the, the, you were almost the advocate for the consumer within, within exactly. the company. Uh, that was it became. Uh, that was the job <laughs> I became because it was, it was very funny. I was called in by the two people that wanted me in and they hired me. They had two people that I had arrived from Pirelli as well, from fast-moving consumer goods. What was some a big guy from Coca-Cola, the, the other one from L'Oreal. So they wanted to bring this fast-moving consumer goods mentality within a brand that had the potentiality because at the end of the day, you know, tires are the only thing that keeps the car attached to the ground. The the cars are one of the most, you know, status symbol back then, 20 years ago, but still are. So there was an opportunity. I saw that Pirelli could make tire coming out of the commodity world they lived in, industry, and become really and start to, 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 to drive the industry. The funny thing was that we all started together and both my two bosses were the only one who had not been starting in Pirelli 20 years before as engineers and R&D got sacked before the end of the six months trial period. So I was the only one not senior enough to be sacked because there was no point, there was no saving associated with sacking me with this idea of bringing the consumer into the mentality. And so... From my learning from Unilever that were, you know, this is how marketing should be done. And basically I did it. You know, I did Kotler. I applied Kotler in, in a very structured, protected environment, very strict. They, they taught me very well how to do it. Then all of a sudden I knew how to do it. I got into a place that was a kindergarten. No one could give a shit 
about what I was saying <laughs> and about market. Marketing did not exist. I mean, what, what are you talking about? Our tires are so good. You know, the R&D engineering, mm-hmm. let's say 95% male. Uh, so I learned from that experience. Um, it was uh, definitely I didn't I didn't probably bring anything into the market, really. I mean, I didn't uh, increase the revenues of Pirelli. But what I did was learning how to do marketing in a very tough environment. I was always sitting on a board of director. I was always involved into a lot of meetings also because, I, you know, it was a bit of save the panda. I was the only woman. So, you know, bring it, bring it along. Huh? So Wait, what, do you mean you're, what do you mean you were the only woman? You were the only woman. You were the only at that level of, of, level, of management. Level, I know I was not even at their level, but at their level, there was no one. At the first level, there was no one. And I was a one level below, but I said I was still the first, basically the only woman. So they, I was a sort of like, you know, you know, a mascot. I don't know how you say it in English, but, you know, something that, you know, you bring along. So they would have their own meeting. Uh, discussing all the technical stuff. And then the, the CEO would say, okay, now let's think, let's consider what the consumer who doesn't understand anything at all about our market would think. So, Mrs. Beria, what would you think? And that happened for, you know, two or three years. But it was, I mean, I still have a memory of Pirelli as a amazing gym in a completely different way. I love the people. You know, it took me a long time to get into their skin. But once I got there, it was fantastic. So Unilever, I created stuff. It was fantastic. But Pirelli allowed me to learn how how things are in real life, you know, you know, in a normal company where things are not structured and things are not... uh, are not well, you know, not necessarily politics, but it's just where you're not in a comfort zone. And I love that not being in a comfort zone. Second chunk of the multinational, so different industry. Then I jumped completely different industry. The reason why I did that was purely personal because I met my future husband there and we were working together. So I decided to leave straight away um, the day he proposed me. And so I, I jumped. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you, you, <laughs> is there some rule about that in Pirelli or you just felt it'd be weird no, if you're married it. to somebody? I, I felt it. I know there was no need. Okay. It was so funny. Everybody laughed it afterwards because I didn't manage because I, he asked me to marry and we, we, we got married within, I don't know, three months. And I wanted to leave the job before saying it, but hmm. I couldn't get a job in three months. I mean, I managed to get the job just before, I mean, three months, but not enough to give the, uh, so I had to say did, that. I did was you, imagining. did you want to leave the job? Yeah, it was just like, me. Did, okay. All right. All right. So then you didn't leave because you got married. That was, that was part of the. No, 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 no. I, that, okay. It was completely my decision. And now there were a lot of couples in, in Pirelli. I mean, okay, even okay. that you work 20 hours per, per day, I mean, people leave and breathe there. Sure. So no, no, it was just yeah. me. But let's say that because of that, I didn't make a very structured decision. Whoever, you know, just just get me. I mean, whatever. But, but by luck, I landed in a very interesting uh, environment back then. It was Sky, so uh, entertainment, television, completely different uh, uh, game, uh, a u- amazing variety of things to market. I mean, the marketing there was incredible. Uh, they were very backward in terms of knowledge of marketing. So basically, um, there I played a little bit the two stories. So I apply my marketing 
and I also um, learned because the, the, the environment was not well developed. So I did that. I did that. Uh, I'm running very, I mean, I'm going too long, sorry. Uh, but basically what happened was <laughs> afterwards I got distracted for a bit and I had three kids in three years and uh, you know what it feels like. <laughs> I, we have had uh, three kids more or less. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, what were you? That's that's quite uh, impressive, by the way. Congratulations. Uh, what 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 exactly were you working on at Sky? Sky, I was responsible. There was, you know, it's 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 a subscription industry. So you have people that are the marketing there is divided by into two big fighting areas. The people who need to make new subscription and the people who need to keep their consumer not going out, take the new promotion and getting him back in. So there were two phases, one against the other, because the two promotion needed, you know, to by 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 nature were one against the other. And I was working together with the commercial and marketing director, EVP, to um, to decide on what um, marketing activity to go on on both areas, and then to deploy all the marketing activity according to the ratio that we were giving to these two different areas, new, new subscription and customer, customer base. And then I was also doing all the briefs for all the communication and advertising, which was very significant given the business and given you had TV, you know, with, you know, yeah. I don't know, 200 channels and you had to do TV ads. So I started to enter into the communication, into the advertising and all that world, which I hadn't done very much. I was more on sponsorship before in Pirelli. I didn't do advertising there. Um, so I got distracted. I had three kids. And again, another epiphany moment, because uh, for the two times I came back in the office after the my first two kids, and I didn't, I didn't leave for long. I left for about four months, uh, I think the first one, and five, no, four months both, both times. I opened my, I opened my op notebook, and the discussion of the first meeting was exactly the same of the last, <laughs> last discussion that was on For my four months prior. Exactly, of four months before. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I can't do it anymore. I, this is too much for me. And there was this, and there was on the other side, uh, very, very clearly, when I was thinking of returning after the third child, the um, Italian business, uh, the top management said, look, you know, you're no longer what we bought you for. I mean, you were a racing car. Now you can't be a racing car because you have three kids to take care of. And by the way, it doesn't make any sense that you come back to work because you have three kids and the oldest is three years old. So you should stay at home for a while. And, you know, we can't. So I got really upset. Is, hold on. Um, that, that's is is that is is that legal? In, no, in... it's not. Okay. No, it's okay. not. It's yeah. not. But but you know, it, yeah. it was a discussion, and then we came to very good uh, agreement. And uh, and again, I was back then, and that is the last time, the last chunk of my of my, which is what I'm doing now. Basically, through the last experience with Sky, I came across a lot of creative agencies. And I was always complained they were not fast enough, they were not good enough, they didn't understand me enough. And I had in particular one agency was made of my friends or friends of mine I had met and they had become friends throughout the years who had keep telling me, okay, you come, okay, so if you can do better, come, come and show us 
how to, to work with a company. So I took the, you know, I, I took the opportunity and I said, okay, I come. Okay, let's try to build something. And I've done that since, you know, six years. So, uh, and Wait, is this, is this something new that you started on your own or it was an existing agency no, and they no, brought you in? No, it was a creative in? agency, a normal creative uh -huh. agency as you know, you probably, you probably, you probably know about. Uh, they're doing advertising and, um, and basically I walk in and we added an initial part, which was the most strategical part, even working with big clients to define their communication brief, their strategy brief, or substituting the marketing director in smaller company. But because what I, which is very interesting, what I realized by going there, in reality, I wanted to learn the digital world. Everything is, is happening, was happening so fast as as a boomer, I was missing out on a lot of stuff on social, on the fact that people are media, I was, you know, Technically, whatever. you're not a boomer. Technically, you're not a boomer, but, but carry <laughs> I wish, on. I love you. Um, <laughs> So what happened, um, in reality, I discovered really that I always say that execution, I, I always used to say that ex execution is the only strategy that your consumer will see, you know, in the shelf, uh, in the advertising. It's the only strategy. Now, you can do a lot of strategy, but if you don't do the execution well, people wouldn't get it. So they are the last mile of your, of your marathon, but if you don't get it right, you don't get it right anything. You don't pass the finish line. And by Coming to a creative agency, I realized how the language was different. I mean, there are two worlds apart. They don't understand. They don't work like a company. They don't understand how the company works. They have different languages. So the creatives here, they call me the Google translator of the client. And so what we did, we built really modules to facilitate clients to provide the strategy. We do a reality check of the strategy because I can do it, but I'm still a corporate person. So I work together with the business to, to do the strategy, to simplify the strategy. And by staying with 25 years old creatives, I have cut off a lot of bullshit of my previous consultancy job. And then I throw at them and they do a reality check because they, everything needs to be done in one sentence. If you do two slides to explain a project, You've lost them. And so what we have done, what, we are, what I'm doing, and I, that's what I'm doing and I like, is really creating a, 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 a link between business objective and then the communication execution, the event, the advertising, you name it, the product portfolio. But in a way... And, and, and would it be fair to say that before your arrival, this agency wasn't doing a lot of the strategy stuff? They were more Not just executing what the clients wanted? Executing. They mm -hmm. were yeah. taking my brief and they were executing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, wow. it, that's how creative. This was and like, it's a full circle. It, it comes back to the work you originally did at, at, at Anderson, which is a lot of the strategy and execution. That's, that, that's lovely. Exactly. And now a lot of consultancy, I've, you know, if you take Anderson Consulting, that were, that were, where I used to work, they are both, to me, the best creative agency, Droga5, that, you know, the, the big consultancy have both creative platform now because of the union um they're trying to do it but really you need to it's 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 really two different worlds okay okay we're we're Sorry, this is targeting uh we're way over time and and this is targeting mbas who have very short attention spans and by definition are very self-absorbed so we're, we're trying to keep it as short as possible uh i'm gonna ask one last question it's kind of the same question two ways uh, what can us as the inside community do to help you or vice versa? 
uh, you know, how do you want people to, to, to reach out to you for, 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 or do you want people to reach out to you for anything? Okay. First, what I can get from you, which is more interesting to me. No, I'm kidding. But I really love Joe and I'm not saying, you know, that I'm not making compliments, but your podcast showed me a need that I didn't think I had and that I would like to have more, which is, you know, we know of each other also thanks to your podcast, but we know what each of us has done or we can find it out in LinkedIn or through the social, you know, all the steps and the milestone, where we have gone, what we have done. What I would like to know more and what I love of your podcast is the uh, backstage. So, you know, you've taken, a dec- you've taken a decision. Why was that? What you had to give up in order to take that decision. So the, 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 the fluffy stuff, which I work now, you know, the creative, the backstage of, the, of an advertising is much more interesting than the advertising itself. So the reason behind. So if we think, and, and so we, we, the other people can do to me is really, you know, something like you, Joe, could do is thinking of this podcast as a way to share. I loved everything that the people said in all the interviews that you have done. Not necessarily of their personal. It can be also academic, but the reason behind. So this one is, things, is something that I think we all need. I mean, I feel I need right now. What can I do? I don't know, apart from offering together with Davide a very nice accommodation in Milan. Uh, <laughs> now, um, look, I know. It's, nice it's nice of you to volunteer Davide's apartment in Milan. That's <laughs> exactly. Well, like, he's the party. I can, I, can, I can entertain you during daylight and he can entertain you at night because I go to sleep at 10 o'clock, so I can't do that. Um, I'm kidding. But um, look, I learn, I really, I have developed modules to learn to make, you know, to simplify strategy, to simplify um, product development, to simplify purpose of a company, branding, positioning of a company, ESG things, modules that are very easy and very straightforward. Uh, And I don't want to sell them, but I can explain the logic of how you can build this within your reality, which can go from a big corporation to a startup. I've done it for all the type of things. I, and, um, and it's very pragmatic because creatives need to execute. So they need to have something ready on the shelf within 24 hours. So okay. What I just, we're going to end it with that. And what I, I'm going to, I'm going to Google translate that. So it sounds like we just got some, uh, some free, uh, creative agency or creative consulting uh, offered by a boomer, uh, by in, a boomer. in Milan. That, so uh, thank you so, so much, That's Lucia. This has, been, this has been a Joe, lot of fun. Happy, to to happy Thanksgiving, eh? Mi raccomando. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Bye. Ciao, 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 ciao.